Well, our next guest is not a stranger to our listeners. Biff Naked released her first album back in 1994 when she was in her mid-20s. Since then, she's gone on to become a platinum-selling recording artist, a best-selling author, a passionate entrepreneur, and advises and coaches other artists as a mentor and manager. uh, Tonight, Biff Naked returns to the Rickshaw Theatre to celebrate the 25th anniversary of her second album, I, Bificus. The fun begins at 7 o'clock. Welcome. (laughs) The fun begins indeed. Yes, it's exciting. Oh, you know, walk me through that. I mean, all the performances you've gone through, and you've got this great body of work, hundreds, thousands of performances. Um, You're at this stage in your career. Like, What does something like this mean to you when you're performing tonight? I'm so nervous. Are you? Oh, my gosh. Let's, I'm a middle-aged lady. Like, it's like, you know, so, I, I mean, I, I make jokes, but it's like, you know, I was, um, Spaceman is from that album, for example, mm-hmm. and Lucky, and I still play those songs every single time I do a, a concert, and always probably will. Mm-hmm. And um, I still feel the same way when I sing them as I did when we wrote them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I find that as I get older, I get more... I think things are funnier and I get more weepy. Oh, okay. And that just like ruins my credibility. (laughs) So what is that, nostalgia? Is it uh, you sort of probably thinking of your journey to get to where you are today and now? It's really um, in the moment of of singing a song like Space Man, which is about longing, Mm -hmm. that person that wrote the song has never gone away. And that longing is never, it, it never leaves you. And I think that it's not just true for an artist it's true for a chef or a dishwasher or a mm-hmm. mom mm-hmm. i mean i think that there's certain feelings we have that are always with us they transcend the time mm-hmm. you know that we um journey and live and all the life experiences we have i still think some days you still say calgon take me away <laughs> which is what spaceman is it's yeah spaceman come and get me mm-hmm. you know um, we're all older and wiser, as I like to believe I'm older and, and wiser. Uh, take me back to that second album, My Bificus. Who was Biff Naked then? Compared, not, comparing isn't the right word. Who was she at that time compared to who you are today? Um, I was extremely self-conscious. And I, I mean, I, I am today too, but I think at that time in my life, I was still very much afraid of what my... Um, little peers would think. I didn't have a lot of female um, colleagues or comrades in the punk scene in Vancouver. There weren't a lot of bands that had girls in them at that time. Mm -hmm. And I had just, you know, gotten a record deal, whereas some of the, you know, more technical bands or whatever Mm -hmm. hadn't. So I felt badly for them. I felt it's almost like in a weird way, it's like a survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. And so that never changes. Um, but yeah, I was very self-conscious and making the Ibificus record was the first time I was in this big fancy studio. Mm-hmm. So um, that was just, they had a coffee machine <laughs> and they had like a private bathroom, you know, every other jam space studio we had been in was you know, you had to go in the alley. Like mm-hmm. it was just so different, and it was so uh, such a magical time. Mm-hmm. Working with Glenn Rosenstein was incredible. He was so musical, and it, he just knew so much about music. He'd work and worked with so many artists. And at the time, I think we were always teasing him. He worked with Samantha Fox. 
Yes, I remember some. So of that. Yeah. we we always sang those songs to him <laughs> as a you know to honor him, yeah, and tease him, and it was really interesting. It was interesting times and working with. At that time, Sony 550, I mean, they were Celine Dion's label. Yeah. So for them, you know, Michael Kaplan was the A&R on that, on that record. And uh, to have this, you know, fancy, in my eyes, fancy New York music person have faith in my songwriting was mm-hmm. just incredible. It was incredible. It was a really special time. Uh, can the music industry today, could the music industry today, or even Vancouver, create a Biff Naked? today based on streaming (laughs) based on so many changes technical changes Hmm. structural changes financial changes to the music industry can there be a a biff naked that that can come out today and succeed absolutely because i think the thing about it is even with today they have so many tools that we didn't have back in the day and i can't bemoan it like we can't say oh come on man aerosmith made records where they didn't have pro tools you know they couldn't fix you know, the vocal notes, they couldn't fix drum, drum patterns. Um, but there is still such great music that comes out today. These tools enable artists uh, who don't have money, who don't have big record labels giving them money to record. Uh, they can still record their music and get it out there. And I always look at artists like Grimes, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Claire was making her music on her computer, you know, in mm-hmm. Squamish. Yeah. And to me, I think that is that epitome. It's the epitome of artistry being able to transcend where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, your personal journey, uh, born in uh, India, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not going to go through all of it. I mean, you, you spent time in Manitoba, a lot of challenges uh, as a child as well. Um, how did you persevere through all that? I mean, I was just reading all of it today, and there's, there's so much that you've had to <laughs> persevere every, through, you know? Everyone's life is so much. You know, I blame my parents. Mm-hmm. My parents were optimists, <laughs> and they're academics. Are you an optimist, by the way? I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm such an optimist. People, <laughs> you know, want me to die in the streets. They just can't stand it. Um, but I can't be any other way, and I blame my parents for this. Um my father was uh, a very funny man, and he followed his passions. You know, he, you know, he he says that he was in medical school and fell in love with the mandible, and that's why yeah. he became a dentist. I mean, just always a joke. They always had jokes, and uh, and I blame them for that. But having met my birth mom, and uh, learning what my personality traits are and mannerisms that are exactly like this woman who's mm-hmm. only fifteen years my senior. Um, it's fun for me knowing what is environmental and what is genetic. Oh, wow. And I just think, and it's just fascinating. I feel very lucky mm-hmm. uh, to have had the upbringing that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll always feel very fortunate. Yeah. And have you gone back to India? Yes. Yeah. And of course, like a lot of kids that grew up in, the, in North America, you know, and maybe not, but I romanticized India yes. a lot. My parents raised us as Christian and if we wanted to be Hindu, Jain, whatever we wanted, they wanted to encourage us. So we always had a house full of Hindustani Kana and always a house full of Ravi Shankar and, mm-hmm. you know, everything was embraced. Um, so when I went back, I went back with this very romantic idea uh, of what it was going to be like. My dad was, he had moved back with his second wife. Mm-hmm. Um, they were living in Ludhiana, but I flew to Mumbai and then... Uh, and then went to Bangalore. That's a whole other story. Um, and then went up to New Delhi, and he came down to meet us there. And um, 
it was mind-blowing. It, I could not have been prepared uh, for how, how much of an impact it would have on me. Um, it was really magical, but it was also disheartening mm -hmm. because North America is just so... I mean, they're, uh, they have blinders on, everyone here. They don't under... Well, I shouldn't say everybody. It's a very general brush with which I am painting. But mm -hmm. I just felt like um, a lot of people don't understand what real poverty is. Yes. And that many of the world's most impoverished people live with much more joy than people here who have so much. That is true. Yeah, I, I you know, growing up in an Indian home, obviously, but uh, I sense that too when I live there, that they're is an acceptance of, of life, and, mm -hmm. and they, they recognize the position they're in, but there is joy. They find so joy. So much joy. And there's something to be, that we in North America, Western society, need mm -hmm. to do a better job understanding. We spend a lot of money trying to take care of ourselves, either medicating ourselves yes. or, or finding trying to find that inner self through mm -hmm. yoga, through meditation, whatever it may be, uh, and there it's somehow infused in their culture. Yes. That is so very much uh, beautiful in that sense. But, Absolutely. you know, you're also synonymous with Vancouver here, but you, you've moved to Van uh, Toronto now. I have. Uh, so a lot of people the... think I've defected <laughs> in a way, but I want you to know I, so I know you I'm have, not but, a Leafs fan. But, uh, Relax. But, <laughs> that's it's, good. It's that okay. is good. Um, but um, there's a difference in those two cities. So you're both amazing cities, different mm -hmm. cities. Uh, how do you find living in Toronto now? Toronto has something that Vancouver does not, that I need and see every day, and that's Cardinals. Oh. They sing, and they're jolly and funny. I'm in love with birds. I'm okay. in love with all the birds in Ontario. It's not a lie. I know it's very corny. Really? Um, and Vancouver is, you know, I think that my time here was so important. I feel like I cut my teeth here in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up here. I became an adult here. I came of age here. I survived my cancer here. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would survive it in any other city. I'm so happy with the oncology teams. Mm -hmm. um, but Toronto for me right now, is uh, it's been powerful. It's been very interesting for me to understand the differences um, in uh, just some of the nonprofits in each city, what the needs are. Mm -hmm. In different cities, the demograph is different, the population is different. It's just been fascinating. Yeah. Um, how did you cope with COVID as well, an artist, as an individual? The pandemic obviously shut down um, work for yeah. so many people. Um, I was very lucky. You know, I could uh, kind of utilize some of the savings that I still had or whatever the case uh, a lot of artists did streaming shows, and I think that made nicey-nicey for a while. I think that it was fine, but there's nothing like um, being able to put butts in seats mm -hmm. and, and get out there. I love being a performer, and uh, I don't think I'll ever stop. No, that is amazing. Well, today, uh, tonight uh, at 7 o'clock, doors open. Um, I want to wish you nothing but the best for tonight's performance. I know it's it's big, but... You know, in this industry, in, in, the, in the music industry, and I, I'm, I'm an outsider, but 
you know, the greatest gift is longevity and the ability to still create and continue mm-hmm. to create. Mm-hmm. Never mind one album, but many albums. And to survive in an industry and still be relevant and still create is the ultimate accomplishment in my mind. And Absolutely. You certainly have done that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's still fun. Biff Nagat, thank you so much. Thank you for Ab- having me Absolute on. pleasure meeting you. And, of course, uh, uh, you return to the Rickshaw Theatre tonight at 7 o'clock to celebrate the 25th anniversary of your second album, I Biffacus. Thank you so much. Thank you.